Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Christopher Cunney. He is the Chief Strategist and Business Development Executive at Juno EHR. In this role that he serves for at DSS Incorporated, the company that manages the Juno EHR product line, he's employing the the skills and insight that he's developed over many years as a technology leader in healthcare. He's experienced in healthcare information technology and a strategist working with hospitals, health systems, accountable care organizations, clinically integrated networks, ancillary service providers, and physician-owned entities, providing guidance and insights specific to emerging healthcare technology offerings, compliance-related issues, and technology adoption. Before his work at Juno EHR, Mr. Cunney served as Senior Vice President of Healthcare Information Technology for Coker Group and Managing Partner and IT Strategist for IOTech Consulting. He also served as Entrepreneur in Residence at the Combine, Director of Emerging Healthcare Technology for AT&T, Vice President and COO at Healthcare Innovations, and Vice President and CIO for Piedmont Healthcare. We're going to be exploring what their specific technology at Juno EHR does for providers and health systems, and also some of the issues that we're faced with in implementing these technologies in the, in the environment that we're in today, but also in the evolving healthcare landscape. So such a privilege to have you here with us, Christopher. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here as well. I'm excited to talk about what we're doing at DSS and specifically with uh, Juno EHR. We're excited about the uh, EHR revolution that we're spurring, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully helping to transform the industry, especially after what's happening today uh, with the pandemic and the challenges that healthcare organizations are dealing with in sharing data and leveraging technology um, to support um, the care of patients in this critical um, just critical time. So Christopher, thank you for that. And, and you know, you mentioned transformation. I want to get there. Or you said revolution, I think it was. I want to, I want to, right. I love that. And, I, and we're definitely going to explore the revolution here. And before we do get into the nuts and bolts of, of Juno and, and how DSS is leading the charge here, uh, I'd love to better understand what inspires your work in healthcare. Absolutely. It's, um, it's been a labor of, of love and definitely an interesting journey for me. First and foremost, my entire career has been in the technology space. Um, my, I went to school to get a degree in computer science. I worked for a number of different companies that were non-healthcare first before I actually moved in healthcare. I spent about 10 years at Hewlett-Packard, worked uh, for companies like AT&T, Universal Technologies and several, uh, a few other companies ran my own consulting practice for a while as well, too. But been in healthcare and healthcare technology in particular for almost 20 years, uh, having served uh, on the provider side and then um, going to the dark side and becoming a consultant as well. Um, and I gained a passion for healthcare, having served, uh, again, um, 
in a provider setting. I had the privilege of working for one of the prominent healthcare systems within the Atlanta area, um, starting out literally in the help desk as the help desk supervisor and ultimately becoming the CIO for the organization. And so I had an opportunity to see all aspects of the support mechanism, IT support mechanism within the organization, and then operationally because IT touches every aspect of a healthcare system both the provider uh, and clinical side as well as the administrative side. And I think the thing that really helped me understand the true impact of technology is uh, on healthcare is I had the privilege of being allowed to sit in on a surgery. Uh, it was actually a transplant surgery, a kidney transplant between a father and a son. Hmm. And I saw how um, the clinicians depended upon the technology, not only just their pure skill on being able to remove an organ from another person and place it in a, another human being and get it to function properly, but how they use the technology to help navigate that process and how dependent that they are, were on that, not just the electronic health record system, but the clinical technologies that were being used, even the music that was playing in the room to keep them calm and soothed and focused was a part of the whole technology mechanism. And I gained an appreciation of that. And I realized that, you know, these systems now, these computers, these laptops, these mobile devices are now clinical devices. They're no longer just kind of a nice to have or convenient piece of technology, but they actually have an impact on a clinician's ability to deliver care. And far be it for that device and those systems not to function properly because if not, they could literally have an impact on someone's life. So I gained an appreciation for it through that journey on the provider side and even more of an appreciation when I had an opportunity to go out and act as a consultant and strategist working with a wide variety of healthcare systems um, across the country in helping them select and, and implement and manage that infrastructure uh, and the importance of it in all sorts of settings. So it's been a, a, an interesting journey for me and a labor of love. And the other piece I think it was that really um, helped me as well too and really have an appreciation for uh, healthcare and healthcare technology is working with companies who hadn't necessarily traditionally been in this space but were trying to get into the healthcare space and sought my advice and trying to understand how do we effectively sell our solutions in healthcare and telling those stories and helping them understand that once you make this commitment to healthcare, you're not making a commitment just to sell technology. You're making a commitment to save people's lives. And if you're not moving into this space with that mission in mind, then you're not going to be successful because healthcare is purely a mission-driven industry. And as we can see today, I mean, look at all the providers, uh, clinicians who are risking their own lives to take care of these folks who are dealing with the COVID-19 virus. I mean, it's admirable to see the heroism that's taking place each and every day by ordinary Americans who've taken on that task to take care of their fellow, their fellow man. So I'm proud to be a part of the industry. I'm proud to help to bring technologies to the industry that support that mission. And I'm proud to be a part of now DSF as a company and what we're trying to do to launch a next generation um, electronic health record system. Christopher, well said and great you. story. You know, I, I love I love your story. You were the service manager, the CIO, and you had that pivotal moment where you were in that surgery that transplant surgery, and you realize that dependence on technology. And now it's turned into a commitment to not just sell technology, but to save lives and, and enable those people at the front line 
doing it. I mean, it's such an inspiring story, Christopher. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Uh, and if I could just embellish on that just a little bit more, sure. there was another, I think, defining point in my life as well around how technology can impact the quality of care is with my father. My father, uh, unfortunately, has passed away. But at the time, um, he was dealing with um, rheumatoid arthritis and was going through a tremendous amount of pain and, and difficulty. And I remember taking him to his rheumatologist. Um, this was oh, 15 years ago. And walking into the, the examination room and sitting down and waiting for the doctor to come in. And when the doctor came in, he brought a big stack of papers, which was basically my father's medical record. It was probably three inches high. He walked in, sat down, said, hi, John, what's going on? Of course, he's in pain, trying to figure out how to alleviate that. He stood there for about three or four minutes, just kind of paging through, again, this three-inch stack of papers um, around my father's situation and finally closed it the folder and said, well, John, I really don't know what to do at this point for you. I mean, I said, we can try different regiments at this point, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. And so that really struck me uh, as well that with all that information that is in that folder that uh, is available to him, it cannot, it was not aggregated, consolidated, um, presented in a way that helped him make a better clinical decision other than I'll try something. And that really resonated with me that we needed technology to be a part of this process to help us as human beings um, aggregate and leverage information in a more effective way that we just can't take all of this information. Healthcare changes on a day-to-day basis. There's new discoveries, you know, new protocols, all sorts of information that's happening literally on a day-to-day basis. There's no way one human being can keep that information up to date in their own head. And so we have to depend on technology to be that resource for us to consolidate that information, aggregate it, and provide some level of intelligence behind this to help us make better decisions when we're treating patients. And so I think that was another thing that stood out as, uh, as to why I'm committed to this, this industry as well. Yeah, for sure, Christopher. And, you know, we've made a lot of steps forward with this, um, you know, EHR, EMR capability. However, there's still so much more opportunity to keep building on that. And so at the beginning, you mentioned revolution. I want to dig into that some. So sure. <laughs> tell us a little bit about what Juno EHR is. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm going to kind of take a, a kind of a roundabout way to, to get to where we are in terms of Juno and the revolution uh, that we're starting. But when you think about just a decade or so ago, you know, uh, most providers, most doctors, even hospitals to some degree, weren't used, actively using EHRs. Right. Everything was still very much very paper-based. The financial systems, some of the best-of-breed technologies within the healthcare setting were tied to computer systems, but they weren't all integrated in a way that allowed that patient information to flow seamlessly from the initial registration through the clinical care, through the discharge, and then the financial components of that. Uh, and those first generation of EHRs that came out were really more focused around capturing charges so that you could build on the back end. Uh, they weren't really designed and set up to help clinicians make better decisions, really just to capture you know, CPT codes for the most part. Um, fast forward, you know, uh, this adoption of technology as a result of starting with the Bush administration and then doubling down through the Obama administration through 
the funding that was provided to acquire electronic health record systems. There became now this insatiable appetite by healthcare providers to leverage technology to make better clinical decisions. The unfortunate thing was that we were still using kind of these legacy EHR systems that really weren't designed to allow them to seamlessly leverage those technologies and improve the efficiency of the patient delivery process, but more importantly, to serve up information in a way to help them make clinical decisions quickly and expediently as possible. And so we're still somewhat into that phase. I think we're in kind of now that 1.5 second generation where there's been some improvement in the development of electronic health records that take into consideration the clinical aspects of it. But if you ask most healthcare providers, are they completely satisfied with their electronic health record systems? And I would venture to guess, and we actually have done surveys on this as well, the majority of them will say no, they're not. Um, they see benefits in it, but they're not happy. In, in most cases, they will say they're, they're inefficient. They have, actually have reduced their ability to see patients. Um, they're very cumbersome in the need to physically enter information into the system themselves versus somehow some sort of automated process. They, it still requires them to go through several screens and clicks to consolidate information in a way that helps them understand that full patient's situation. And then the technologies that they need to gather additional information outside of their own clinical system, the interoperability between their primary care provider and other specialty care are still limited as well, too. And so they only get a small picture of the current state of that patient in these systems, and that becomes very frustrating for them. And so reducing the number of clicks, increasing interoperability, having clinical-driven workflows, uh, making that navigation kind of streamlined and intuitive, just like, you know, if you went into LinkedIn or you went into Facebook or something, no one, you didn't take a class on those things. They were intuitive. Right. Uh, these technologies should be intuitive as well. So fast forward, you know, four years ago, our leadership decided that it wanted to make an investment in developing a next-generation EHR. And DSS as a company has been around almost 30 years. We are exclusively in the healthcare IT space. We have done quite a bit of work on the federal side, working with arguably the largest healthcare system in the country, which is the VA, and implementing a number of different technologies and supporting some of their um, systems, including their electronic health record system. And so we've recognized the challenges and issues there, and we made a commitment to start to build a next-generation EHR. First and foremost, moving it to a SaaS model or a cloud-based model to reduce some of the operational um, and capital expenses associated with it. Also, it allows us to be able to integrate other technologies um, into our tool. And we hire clinicians to be a part of that design process, and so we really tout you know, general EHR is being uh, a system that's built by clinicians for clinicians. So we've thought about these issues around reducing the number of clicks, you know, serving up data in a way that's unique to that specific clinician's needs. So a doctor sees views based on their perspective. A nurse will see views and information pulled up based on their needs. The ability to share data amongst um, multiple systems and support things like surveillance monitoring, virtual assistance technologies, telemedicine uh, are more seamless through uh, our systems as well. And so we become a platform for clinical information that all these other best-of-breed technologies can now plug into in a more seamless way. 
and then providing the types of reporting and data analysis and data um, intelligence that helps that clinician make a better decision. And then using that data for things like, again, surveillance monitoring and population disease management down the road helps that organization, those clinicians, to become better at what they do. And so we believe that we're now starting starting to revolutionize that delivery of care. And we are primarily focused today on serving healthcare systems that are struggling in this space. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at critical access hospitals and and rural uh, community hospitals as really our target market because we feel like there's a great need to offer up solutions, a solution that supports those immediate needs. And as we grow as an organization and we gain traction, we're more than happy to go after Goliaths of the world and, you know, and serve their customer base because our product is scalable to the multi-enterprise level as well. And so I said a lot, but that's who we are as a company. We're a company that's uh, passionate about healthcare. We're committed to healthcare. It is the industry we've been in for almost 30 years. We've cut our teeth on working with some of the large, you know, uh, integrated delivery organizations like the VA and public health organizations. And we've taken that knowledge and that expertise and now designed what we believe is this next generation electronic health record system. Now, that's great history and context. And I think, you know, just one of the key differentiators is the SaaS model, you know, and and it being Mm -hmm. cloud-based and being able to do more with it. Uh, You know, recently, as you well know, there's been, Mm -hmm. you know, a fight against this type of uh, availability from some of the more established (laughs) players. (laughs) Um, the opportunity to do better is there, and it sounds like that's what you guys are are positioning yourselves to do. Right, and we don't have the baggage, quite honestly, of the the more traditional electronic health record companies who built their initial solutions on a client server model, and a lot of their revenue is driven by that model in and of itself. And so we are flexible enough now to be able to develop technologies on these uh, emerging platforms that really where the rest of the the other uh, industries are going. No one's building client-server applications anymore as a long-term strategy. They're all trying to move to more cloud-based solutions, SaaS models, mobility platforms. And we don't have that, again, that technology baggage to have to bring along these legacy platforms into that model. We're designing and building our solutions on these best-of-breed technologies so that, you know, when we um, go to market, we are already there. We're not having to migrate customers over. And we've built that and we've, and we've thought about those legacy customers who are already on those platforms and that integration, I'm sorry, that migration strategy, we've thought about that and we'll be streamlining that process and making it more cost effective to move away from those legacy platforms into a cloud-based model as well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting work. For sure, Christopher. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of hospitals, well, you know, government, private and, you know, publicly traded uh, have invested millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars, actually, on this. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges will be, hey, you know, we're we're invested in this. How do you guys plan on on getting around that? Well, again, you know, one of the things we thought about, one of the things we've been very successful as a company today, even Uh on the federal side and the work that we do with the VA is our ability to integrate some of these legacy technologies with 
some of the, the emerging technologies. Hmm. So we've got a strong team of people who do that on a day-to-day basis. And so we are able to create a roadmap for our customers and getting them away from the current legacy solutions into a cloud-based solution over some period of time. The other the way we look at Juno is you almost think, can think about Juno almost like it's a Salesforce of EHRs. We consider ourselves kind of the platform that other systems can tie into as well. So if you've got, a, say, a legacy lab system or a legacy financial system or pharmacy system that you aren't ready to move away from for whatever reason, we still have the APIs uh, through FIRE, uh, the FIRE API technologies, to be able to integrate you seamlessly into the emerging platform, which is Juno. And so over time, you can start to migrate away from those other legacy systems as you need to, but you don't have to do that day one. You can stay on some of those systems if you needed to and still replace that core base EHR with our solution and still integrate them together as well. That makes a lot of sense. And and I see why you call it a revolution because it is. I mean, the shift to this is very forward thinking and many corporations, companies, individuals are, are unwilling to take the challenge because it's a big one. And and so tell me a little bit about what inspires you and DSS's commitment to make this happen. Sure. Well, you know, I will have to give all credit to the founders of the company, the Byers brothers, who, again, almost 30 years ago, decided to start a company that was focused on really revolutionizing technology, uh, initially in the federal space, uh, but took that same philosophy and determination um, courageousness, quite honestly, in many cases, to now start to go after this market. And, and the market, as you know, you know, there's a handful of players that ultimately dominate this market today. And it's unfortunate right. that there aren't a lot of you know options for healthcare organizations, especially the small and mid-sized organizations to choose from. And we just believe that it's the time has come. You know, the time has come for another solution to emerge, another option to emerge uh, that they can choose from and start to drive that transformation that needs to happen in the industry, uh, both for the small and mid-size and ultimately for the large uh, um, and enterprise and multi-enterprise organizations. The reality of it is that um, technologies are moving more towards cloud-based and mobile-based platforms. You know, stick your head in the sand and say, we're going to go kicking and screaming, but the longer you wait, the more costly it's going to take you to migrate away from that. And so we're trying to build a platform that, first of all, allows you to transition to that over time, but also places you in a position that allows you to take full advantage of the system today. But the system is also designed to support future emerging technologies as well, too. You're not just stuck on this platform. The platform will grow and scale with you as your needs and demands grow and as the industry changes. And when you think about what's trying, what's going to happen kind of post-COVID with the advent of telemedicine, with the, you know, uh, focus now around surveillance monitoring, using mobile-based technologies to track patients, um, more of the healthcare being delivered out of the acute care setting into the ambulatory setting. You're going to need technologies that are going to allow you to support that model going forward. And we believe what we've designed is, is best positioned to uh, enable that strategy to take place for a healthcare organization and do that in a very cost-effective way. Because now when you think about technology, uh, technology is now kind of a utility, just like the water and the lights in the building. Right. You can't run a hospital without water. You can't run a hospital without electricity. And now you can't run a hospital without technology. But 
the technology, the legacy technology, isn't designed like to order in the lights that, you know, you use on demand. You have to make these major capital investments in infrastructure that you may or not see that a real return on investment. We're designing it in a way where you don't have to make those huge capital investments, but you buy technology or you leverage technology on demand. So it becomes mm-hmm. almost like a utility for the organization. And you can scale up and, and, and increase your capacity and use of that technology as you need it, or vice versa. Let's say there's a downturn and you need to scale down. You can do that seamlessly as well. But in the traditional model, if you make huge capital investments in infrastructure, you can't scale that back and get that you know those cost savings because you've already got that sunk cost. Fascinating. And I love the analogy that you've provided, Christopher, you know, as a utility, you know, you, you got to mm-hmm. be to have that flexibility and, and to not have to do these huge investments up front to enable it. You know, I, I think about the promise of something like this and also wonder how are implementations going today and, and where are you guys? Are you Are you already in hospitals? Tell me a little bit more about that. So we have components of our application as a whole and different facilities. Like I said, again, the federal side, uh, major components of our application, you know, clinical documentation components and others are leveraged today in the largest healthcare system in the country, um, the VA. On the public health side, we have our behavioral health applications, our urgent care components of that application are being leveraged there and in some smaller rural healthcare settings. We've now taken those technologies and built an end-to-end solution that we're now just bringing to market. So we are actively looking for customers and partners. We like to think of them as partners who are looking for that complete comprehensive solution and willing to make an investment in a company that's got a 30-year track record in the industry, that's stable, that has at its core you know, very capable, knowledgeable individuals who understand healthcare um, from end to end and have designed a solution that's going to now take them to the next stage in their um, strategic vision that they have for their organization as well. Love it. And so no. that's right. We call it a revolution. Sure. We're looking for those people to join that revolution and let's shake up the industry because we believe if we're able to do this, all the other organizations out there who are selling these solutions have to follow. And that's just going to make the entire industry better as a whole. Well said. And yeah, you know, it's so folks, if you're curious, it's dssinc.com. And in the menu bar, you'll see solutions and click on Juno EHR. You'll be able to find out more right there. But just uh, some fascinating work being done by Christopher and, and the group over there with Juno EHR. What would you say you're most excited about today? Um You know, just the possibilities that exist with this platform, if we are truly successful in incorporating this platform in a number of different healthcare organizations, I mean, we create a foundational infrastructure that allows them to maximize the capabilities of a a wide set of solutions, AI, for example, a telemedicine or voice assistance technologies, patient-centered medical home and monitoring technologies, robotics. I mean, there's so many different aspects of this industry that this hub that we're designing will be able to enable an organization to take full advantage of. And, And not just the high end healthcare facilities who have all the resources at their disposal, but the ones who critically need this, uh, those rural healthcare organizations, those critical access hospitals, 
who need to extend their reach in their community, their capabilities within their community, but they don't have the resources to do that in the most effective way. We believe a solution like this enables the ability to do that, and that's what's really exciting. And I come from a small town. I grew up in a small town. You know, that whole conversation about my father, that was a small town doctor that was there. I mean, to be able to extend that individual's capability so he or she makes better decisions for those local community folks, um, that's really what gets me excited, and that's why I get up every day to try to help you know move the dial forward and uh, transform the industry. Love it. Now, this, that, that's wonderful, Christopher. And you've been doing this for quite some time. The vision you've painted here for us is very exciting. What, what types of uh, books are you reading? Would you recommend any, any reading to us? Uh, a couple of books that I've, one that I've recently read and then the follow-up to that book. Uh, this book's been around a little, a little while. It was actually released in 2015. It's called The Phoenix Project. And it's a, a novel about IT you know, development ops and helping your business you know, win through the use of technology, which is a fascinating book, especially for those of us who are in IT, who are launching technologies, uh, who see the challenges of organizations shifting their focus and kind of trying to leapfrog competitors in the market. It's a very fascinating book, and it talks about kind of all aspects of that, from the developers all the way up to the executive leadership. Uh, so I read that, a fascinating book, and then I'm reading the, the sequel to that, which is The Unicorn Project. Oh, which, so Phoenix Project is one, and then The Uni- Unicorn Project is a second. It's a follow-up to that. Okay, okay. So I just kind of started reading that, and that's all about digital disruption uh, in the age of, of technology, uh, which, again, talks you know about kind of how do you now, you know, really disrupt the industry? How do you... Hmm you know, look at things a lot differently than they are today and predict kind of where the industry is going or pull the industry along. Hmm. I mean, you think about, you know, iPhones and iPads and, you know, the whole smart device industry. None of us thought about we needed those things. Right. You know, the industries were created and what's that old saying, build it and they will come. They built those technologies. We saw value in them and we adopted them. Now they completely disrupted the way we live our lives. I mean, we totally. are now completely dependent upon our cell phones and smart devices you know, to just do basic functions. I mean, I can't remember my kids' phone numbers and it's sad to say, but <laughs> but thank God for, you know, my, my iPhone. Right. Um, Right. Otherwise, I'd you know be walking around, I guess, with a phone book like we used to in the in the day, or a map to figure out how to get something. <laughs> yeah, right? us and everybody else, right, Christopher? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, those two books in particular, you know, really are are of interest to, to me, just kind of around my own personal development and business. And then, you know, I um, I'm kind of a little bit of a historian, and so I read history books and. Hmm. There's a, a couple that, you know, I've been reading. Marcus Aurelius has a book on that called Meditations. Yes. Uh, which is, I think, a great book uh, as well, too. Really talks about, you know, just values and, you know, how do you live your life and what drives you. And, what, and so I find that a, an interesting one. And then, you know, I take off on, you know, biographies and I'm actually reading the biography, see, biography of uh, Jay-Z. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, yeah. So, Talk about I mean, a great entrepreneur. That's right. Talk about an American story, right? Oh, you know, um, from rags to riches. I mean, yeah. from a young man from, you know, the, the wrong side of the tracks become a billionaire mm-hmm. through, you know, his, his talents and his business savvy totally. as well, too. Uh, and then finally, um, there's a book I'm reading by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way. 
turning um, the timeless art of turning trials into triumphs. Mm -hmm. And so how do you use those issues and challenges that you have to be fueled to help you drive, you know, to success? I mean, they always use this term, you can't have a testimony without a test, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you use those things as a way to, you know, fail forward, fail quickly and learn from those and become ultimately successful in your journey? So those are just a few things that stand out right now. I've got several others, but I won't bore you with them right now. (laughs) No, this is great. Some great opportunities to expand our minds and and strengthen the spirit. Um, Love a good book. And folks, you know where to go. Outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in Juno, J-U-N-O, and you'll be able to find uh, our podcast here with Mr. Christopher Cunney. And also type in DSS, right? DSS Inc. is is the name. Either search will, will come up. Uh, Christopher, an incredible uh, discussion today, inspiring to hear about the EHR revolution you guys are kicking off. Leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners can reach out to you to continue the conversation. Um, closing thought. Um, one last book <laughs> that I just thought about that I'm reading. It's called Deep Medicine, How Artificial Intelligence Can Make uh, Healthcare Human Again by Eric Topol. Topol. Yeah, he's obviously Great. a very well-known thought leader in the space. I, I guess for me, it's always about you know, asking yourself the question, what's the worst that can happen? And so anything that I've done in my life, in my career, any challenges that I've taken on, I've always asked myself the question, what's the worst that can happen and can you survive? And nine times out of 10, the majority of the things that I've pursued in my life that have, you know, stretched me personally, I've been able to, I've had failures as well too, but, you know, I've been able to survive them. And even in those failures, I've learned from those experiences as well too. And so I just want to encourage people who are trying to figure out the next, you know, thing in their life, especially post COVID-19, ask yourself the question, you know, what's the worst that can happen and can I survive? And if the answer is yes, then I say pursue it with the passion that's, you know, that's in your heart. You know, um, the experience in and of itself, whether it's a success or a failure, will still grow you in a positive way. That's a great message, Christopher. Thank you. Christopher, before I forget, what's the best place for folks yes. to reach out to you and continue the a- conversation? A- absolutely. You can contact me on my email, which is C-K-U-N-N-E-Y, again, C-K-U-N-N-E-Y, at dssinc.com cunny at dssinc.com Christopher, appreciate it and for anybody wanting to learn more about the EHR revolution getting kicked off here by Christopher and his team be sure to reach out to him and Christopher, just want to conclude by saying thank you for, for sharing your passion and the amazing things you guys are up to no, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to share it with your your listeners. I, I look forward to uh, hearing from some of them, uh, and I will definitely continue to be an avid listener of the program going forward as well. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, no podcast, no problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.